Welcome to the FCBC NYC podcast. We're so thankful that you decided to join us in this moment and in this season in your life. Our prayer is that this podcast will be a catalyst for conversion and transformation and that you will be inspired and renewed in such a tremendous way that your desire will be to be your best for God. Again, thank you for listening, and we're excited to see what is next in your life. Live, love, serve. Amen, amen. Um, If you will turn with me to 2 Corinthians this morning, there is a word from the Lord on today. Hallelujah. 2 Corinthians, the first chapter, starting at verse 8, and we're going to read it in the Message Bible this morning. Now, I don't want y'all to take my word for it. Amen. Open them phones up. Y'all Twitter and tweet that we can open it up and read the scripture. Amen. Hallelujah. Get a Bible app. Or you can just Google. 2 Corinthians 1. And guess what? It'll pop up for you. I want you all to read this because I want you to bookmark it because I want you to go back and read it when you're having a hard time. So you can be reminded of who God is. You can be reminded of the power and the majesty of the God we serve. So please take a minute. um, If you don't have your phone or a place that you can get to it, if you could just write it down. 2 Corinthians chapter 1. And it reads... We don't want you in the dark, friends, about how hard it was when all this came down on us in Asia province. It was so bad. Somebody say so bad. We didn't think we were going to make it. We felt like we'd been sent to death row, that it was all over for us. As it turned out, it was the best thing that could have happened. Instead of trusting in our own strength or wits to get us out of it, we were forced, somebody say forced, to trust God totally. Not a bad idea since God's the one who raises the dead. And God did it, rescued us from certain doom, and God will do it again. Somebody say again. Rescuing us as many times as we need rescuing. Let's pray. Hmm. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. God, we bless your name. We thank you and we we love you. We are so grateful for life on today, for health on today, for strength on today. We are grateful for your presence and your power, your provision and your protection. We are grateful for this space, this sacred space in time where we get to hear from you. And so, God, decrease me as you increase. Stand tall in me 
that your children will hear you more than they see me. And we give you glory and we give you honor and we give you praise and we lift this prayer and we lift this service and we lift this sermon, our hearts and ourselves to you as we declare amen, amen, and amen. If you'll remain standing, I just want to read that scripture again, 2 Corinthians 1, starting at verse 8. Uh, and Paul is writing, we don't want you in the dark, friends, about how hard it was when all this came down on us in Asia province. It was so bad, we didn't think we were going to make it. We felt like we've been sent to death row, that it was all over for us. As it turned out, it was the best thing that could have happened. Instead of trusting our own strength or wits to get us out of it, we were forced to trust God totally. Not a bad idea since God is the one who raises the dead. And God did it. Rescued us from certain doom. And God will do it again. Rescuing us as many times as we need rescuing. Won't you look at your neighbor this morning and say, neighbor, I'm so glad I didn't give up. Come on, look at your other neighbor. Just say it one more time. Look at your other neighbor and say, I'm so glad I didn't give up. Come on, give the Lord a hand clap of praise as you take your seats. So glad. So glad I didn't give up. Well, if you have been paying attention to the news at all, you recognize that there is a shift that's happening in our nation. Um, it started with the overturning of Roe versus Wade that guaranteed women the right to be in control of their own bodies. And now it has continued to affirmative action where the courts have decided that uh, admission into college based on race is actually a violation of the 14th Amendment because it's all about perspective. It's all about how you see things. Um, it continued with a decision that affects a protected class, the LGBTQ community, um, where in a decision of six to three, uh, the court held that the First Amendment prohibits Colorado from forcing a website designer to create expressive designs, speaking images with which the designer disagrees. These are some very uncertain times that we're living in. The 14th Amendment, which was created to give individuals equal protection under the law, was created because there was not equal protection under the law. And now that we see these things being rolled back, we recognize that we are entering at a time 
where there will no longer be equal protection under the law. I want to just say that it's important that we recognize that many of these amendments and laws were put into place because we were dealing with a nation um, that was transitioning from slavery uh, to Jim Crow to the point where we can all be free um, and experience freedom not based on the color of our skin. Um, that this same amendment, the 14th Amendment, protects those regardless of who they go to bed with. Amen. Um, since that is actually, we spend less time doing that than we do anything else. Um, and so it's, it is, it's an unwinding of what's happening in our world. It's really a scary time for those who have sought refuge under the law for equal protection. And what we recognize is that even though the 14th Amendment was in place and we were supposed to have equal protection under the law, we didn't really have equal protection under the law. And we saw that with all of the violence that we've experienced over the last several years with police and black bodies. So even though there was a law in place, we still did not always experience those rights. But now that those laws are being rolled back, it's going to be even more challenging for us to live this life that God has called us to live when there are people who are telling us we do not deserve the same opportunities as other people. Interesting, interesting that you can't use base as a requirement for admissions, but you can use legacy. So people whose grandparents and great-grandparents went to schools, their grandchildren get a privilege when their applications are submitted, and they didn't discount that. That helps those who are wealthy and those who've had opportunities to go to school. They discounted the ones on the other end who haven't had those same opportunities. It is a challenge for those who have struggled to feel included. Unless you have ever been in a situation, you or your descendants, and have been told that they could not eat at a particular place, you might not be an expert in this area. If you or your parents have never been told that unless they could tell the number of jelly beans in a jar, they couldn't vote, you might not, I'm telling y'all where we're on our way to. And now we're using religious freedom as a reason to deny a protected class. Now we're also uh, can use that religious freedom in other ways as well. These are some challenging times, but I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful that our four parents who marched and, and fought and, and raised their voices and voted did not give up. Somebody say they didn't give up. Now, they had every reason to give up because during these times when these protests were going on, there were dogs and there were water hoses and, and there was all kinds of violence against those who were trying to vote. But something within them did not allow them to give up. No matter how hard it was, no matter how much they were beaten, no matter how much they were pushed out, no matter how much they were left behind, they found a reason to get up in the morning and still move forward and fight for what they believe was theirs. And I'm encouraged because it feels like this is a season where we're going to have to do some more fighting. 
that, that this isn't the season to give up. This isn't the season to, to walk away. This isn't the season to throw in the towel. This is a season for us to be more convicted that we have a right to protect the least, the last, the lost, and the left behind. I was thinking about that and I was thinking about how in our own personal lives, sometimes we are faced with situations that are so detrimental, situations that are so difficult, situations that are so divisive that we, in fact, sometimes feel like giving up. Have you ever felt like giving up? I just need to show, come on, tell the truth today. Have you ever in your life felt, I just want you to look around so that you know you're not by yourself. I did a little research and I realized that one of the reasons that we tend to give up is because of a temporary defeat. Somebody say temporary. When something happens in the moment and it feels like the moment is going to last a lifetime, when actuality is just a moment, sometimes we might feel like giving up. Uh, when temporary defeat, when we thought we were going to have the victory because we recognize that the joy of the Lord is our strength, when we thought we were going to have the victory because we recognize that the battle is not ours, it's the Lord's, but then we experience a defeat. Maybe it was confusing, maybe it's unraveling, but something about that situation caused us to want to give up. Have you ever been there? I, I feel like it starts with frustration. Um, you're, just, you're just sick of things not working out the way you thought they were going to work out. Uh, the marriage didn't work out the way you thought it was going to work out. Things with the children didn't work out the way you thought it was going to work out. That relationship didn't work out the way you thought it was going to work out. Your career didn't work out the way you thought it was going to work out. Those finances, I'm trying to help somebody, didn't work out the way you thought it was going to work out uh, and it felt like failure and that failure led to frustration and that frustration then often led to us thinking that we want to throw in the towel. That frustration, that it's not happening the way I planned, it's not happening the way I want, it's not working out the way I imagined, that frustration. And that frustration often leads to fatigue. Because sometimes you just get tired, tired of relying on other people, tired of waiting, tired because we didn't know it was going to be so hard, tired because we didn't know it was going to cost so much, tired because we didn't know it was going to take so long, tired because we just didn't know. And, and we thought our plans were the only plans, but when things didn't work out the way that we thought it was going to work out, we're waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting and we get tired. Tired. Have you ever been tired? So, so the frustration often leads to fatigue. And the fatigue then often leads us to fear. Fear of the unknown. Fear of failure. Fear because it didn't work out this time and that makes us think it won't work out next time. Fear. Uh, of success, because maybe we don't even think we deserve it. Fear of failure, because we don't want to be embarrassed again. Fear of embarrassment, because then everybody's going to know that it doesn't work out. Fear. 
can make us feel like we want to give up. Fear often leads to anxiety. And anxiety makes us feel the pressure of thinking we've got to do something right now. That's why you got to be careful about the decisions that you make when your back is against the wall. Because sometimes you'll do something that you didn't plan on doing. Sometimes you'll do something that's outside of your character. Sometimes you just feel like I got to do something. And that's when we find ourselves mentally struggling with frustration, with fatigue, with fear. And if you've ever been in that point where you felt like that fatigue or that frustration and that fear was going to lead you to the point where you felt like giving up, then maybe you can understand what Paul is writing about in this scripture. He starts by, by saying in, in this text, um, we, we don't want you to be in the dark uh, about how hard it was because sometimes we forget how hard it was. Sometimes we want to gloss over it and go past it, but, but we need to recognize that it was hard. We need to recognize and tell the truth about how difficult the situation was. Because the more honest we are about how difficult the situation was, then the more we realize how strong we really were. See, when we minimize it so that we think it really wasn't that bad, then we minimize what it took to get over it, past it, and through it. But if you're able to tell the truth and say it was a bad situation, I didn't think I was going to make it out, then you're able to recognize how God worked in you and brought you up and brought you out and brought you through and that you are victorious. Come on, tell your neighbor you're victorious. Paul says it was so bad. We didn't think we were going to make it. Now, I, I like that Paul said this because Paul wrote two-thirds of the New Testament. And when we read uh, some of the things that he wrote, even while he was in prison, he wrote about joy. I mean, it doesn't look like Paul had gotten to a point where he wasn't going to make it or he didn't think he was going to. And so I appreciate Paul letting us know that even though I was sold out for Christ, I still didn't think I was going to make it. That even though I was writing these letters from prison, I still didn't think I was going to make it. That even though I was a slave to the gospel of Jesus Christ, I still didn't think I was going to make it. That even though I got past it and got through it, I need you all to understand that there was a time where I did not think I was going to make it. And I think Paul wanted to write that so that we would know. So when you come to a time that you think you can't make it, you are not alone. You're not alone. Um, and we can guess about what might have been happening in Asia. It's, you do a little read and you can find out that, that there were several times that Paul found Paul's self in trouble, where there were situations where he couldn't see a way through, where he couldn't see a way out, that he thought he was stuck, that he thought it was over several situations. Uh, when he was in Ephesus, he was fighting with the wild beasts, didn't think he was going to make it. Um, and then there was a riot by the people after he defied the goddess of Artemis. Uh, didn't think he was going to make it. Uh, in Pamphylia, 
when John left them in the middle of the struggle and went back to Jerusalem. I can imagine that feeling abandoned. Maybe he didn't think he was going to be able to make it. Uh, in Antioch, where he and Barnabas were doing ministry together, but they were forced to leave because the people were going to stone them. And then even after they left and went to Iconium, those people from Antioch left the city of Antioch to go to Iconium so that they could stone them because they were still mad. Uh, that in Lystra, uh, Paul healed a crippled beggar and, and they were so amazed that they wanted to make him a god. But, but when he declined them making him a god, they decided to beat him unconscious and left him to die. I can imagine there were several times when Paul didn't think he was going to make it. He goes on to tell us in 2 Corinthians that five times I received from the Jews the 40 lashes minus one. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I received a stoning. Three times I was shipwrecked. For a night and a day I was left adrift at sea on frequent journeys, in dangers from rivers, dangers from bandits, dangers from my own people, danger from the Gentiles, danger in the city, danger in the wilderness, danger at sea, danger from false brothers and sisters, in toil and hardship, through many a sleepless nights, hungry and thirsty, often without food, cold and naked. And besides all of that, under daily pressure, because of all the anxiety of the churches, Paul went through it. And still wrote, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Paul went through it so much that he didn't think he was going to make it. This word, when it, it says the afflictions were so hard, is in the Greeks, in the Greek, it is thelipsis. And it refers to the pressure that's experienced with the pressing together of grapes. It conveys the idea of being squeezed or placed under pressure to the point where you feel crushed between the weight. Have you ever felt like you were being crushed between the weight? I'm talking about physically crushed. When you get that diagnosis and the doctors walk away and say there's nothing they can do, I'm talking about a crushing. I'm talking about a crushing when your heart is so broken that it feels like it'll never be put back together again. I'm talking about a crushing. When mentally you don't even have uh, the, 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 the task of, of, of being able to encourage yourself with all of the scriptures that you know because you feel like you've been crushed. When it feels like there's nobody you can talk to because nobody will understand. When your friends are tired of you talking about it and your family's tired of you complaining about it. I'm talking about being crushed. I'm talking about when you prayed for your children and they still ended up addicted to, I'm talking about what it means to be crushed. I'm talking about when you picked yourself up and went and did what you needed to do and it still didn't work out. Have you ever been crushed? When things were so bad that you had no idea how are you even going to make it? I'm talking about crushed. Crushed to the extent that you didn't even want to get up out of bed in the morning. 
that the hardest thing to do is to get out of the bed in the morning. I'm talking about crushed. When you lay down at night, but you can't get so no sleep because your mind is steadily racing about all the possibilities. I'm talking about crushed, y'all. Have you ever been crushed? Where no way out was visible. Well, if you've ever been crushed, you're in the right place on this morning. Because you're not by yourself. You made it through the crushing. You made it through the frustration. You made it through the fatigue. You made it through the fear. How do I know you made it? Because you're here this morning. Oh, oh is anybody glad they made it? Come on, you ought to look at your neighbor and say, I made it. What didn't kill me made me stronger. I made it. Oh, what crushed me couldn't keep me down. I made it. Well, how did you make it? I'm going to tell you how you made it. Because some of y'all sitting here today and still don't know. When you look back over your life, you don't even know how you're still here. You don't even know how you're still sane. You don't even know how you didn't pull the trigger. You don't even know why you didn't take the pills. But Paul gives it to us right here in this scripture. Oh, thank you, God. He goes on to say, we felt like we'd been sent to death row. That it was all over for us. But then he says, but as it turned out, <laughs> it was the best thing that could have happened. Because for most of us, when we're frustrated, and fatigued and fearful, that's just enough energy to make us put up a fight. I just need to know if I got about five fighters in here. That when you thought it was over, you still kept pushing. That when it's hard to get up out of the bed, but you still got up, that means you're a fighter. When you prayed and your prayers weren't answered, but you kept on praying, that means you're a fighter. When it was time and you thought you were going to snap, but it didn't happen, that means you're a fighter. That when your heart was so broken, you felt like doing something crazy, but you didn't do what you said you wanted to do, even after you rehearsed in your mind all night long. <laughs> that means you're a, I need you to look at somebody and say, I'm a fighter. Oh, look at your neighbor and say, I'm a fighter. I don't give up easy. Don't come over here and think it's going to be an easy win. I'm going to fight until I can't fight no more. And even if they get a good, few good hits in, I'm going to get a few good hits in myself because I know what it is to have my back up against the wall and I have no way to go but forward. Is there anybody here who recognizes I'm a fighter? Come on, tell your neighbor I got some fight in me. Woo!
made it because you're a fighter. Don't let nobody tell you you're weak. Don't let nobody tell you you can't do it. Don't let nobody tell you you're not going to get over it. Don't let nobody pour any negativity in your spirit. You're a fighter. You came to win. You came to win. Tell your neighbor I came to win. That trouble motivated you to fight. But not only did it motivate you to fight, it increased your faith. How do we know it? It's right here in the text. Uh, Paul says, instead of trusting in our own strength or wits to get us out of it, we were forced to trust God totally. And I know God's, uh, Paul is a preacher because after he says totally, he put a dash. Not a bad idea. Since God is the God who raises the dead anyway. And rescued us for certain doom. So that situation that you had to work through, it wasn't just you working through it, but it was the faith that God put in you because faith the size of a mustard seed can move mountains. And so you have moved mountains with your faith just because you couldn't see it in the natural. Get up and move. You're a mountain mover, baby. <laughs> and I know you're a mountain mover because you're still here today. And so Paul is reminding us that when we've done all we can do, God will do what we can't do if we just trust and believe. But you got to believe it even when you don't see it because faith is a substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. You got a faith you didn't even know you had. Tell your neighbor, I got faith. Oh, that faith. When your grandmother prayed over you, when you was a child, you didn't even know somebody was praying for you. But that seed of faith was planted when you were in your mother's womb. You were born with faith. You lived with faith. You went through grade school with faith. You went through college with faith. You went through prison with faith. I need somebody in here to know you were not defeated because of your faith. Tell your neighbor, I got faith. I got faith. I got faith. Finally. The reason you didn't give up when you were dealing with frustration and fatigue and fear. Because not only did you have a fight, and you had faith, but also because you have freedom. Paul writes here, 
Not only did God rescue them, but Paul is confident because Paul says, and God will do it again. You know, you got to have some confidence to say that God rescued me the last time and God will do it again. But Paul wants you to know that it's not that God will do it one more time. But the text says he'll do it again, rescuing us as many times as we need rescuing. So you mean to tell me that no matter how hard it gets, God is with me? You're trying to tell me that no matter how far under the ground I'm buried, I serve a God who specializes in raising the dead? So even when it feels like your heart has stopped, even when it feels like there's no chance of going forward, even when it feels like you've been crucified, we serve a God of resurrection. We serve a God with resurrection power. We serve a God who like the EMS can rob the mountain together, put it on your chest and say, charge. I just need five people in here who can testify that when I thought I was dead, God said, charge, get up. You can make it. Get up. You can take it. Get up. You're a winner. Get up. You're a survivor. Get up. You don't get to give up now. I just need about five people that can look at your neighbor and say to your neighbor, neighbor, you don't get to give up now. Oh, I need somebody to praise God for that. Come on, look at your neighbor. Need you to look at your neighbor because you don't know what they were thinking about doing this morning before they came to church. And I need you to tell your neighbor, neighbor, if you were gonna give up, you should have did it yesterday. Tell them it's too late now. It's too late now. It's too late now. God has brought you through too much for you to give up now. You've overcome too much for you to throw in the towel. You have made it from dangers in the city and dangers in the field, dangers at your own house and dangers on your job. It's too late to give up now. I just want you to know that even though your heart was crushed 
And even though your mind was crushed, and even though your spirit was crushed, God did not give up on you. So you don't get to give up on yourself. So what I want you to do is start engaging in some good self-talk. I need you just to start finishing your sentences. Tell your neighbor, I need you to finish your sentences. Well, things didn't go as planned. Today, finish your sentence. Don't put a period after things didn't go as planned. Remove the period and add some words so that you can encourage yourself. Things didn't go as planned today. You ready? Ready? He's not coming back. You ready? Can we finish the sentence? He's not coming back to mistreat me again. If we could just finish our sentences. Well, it didn't work out with her. It didn't work out with her because God had something better for me. I need you to finish your sentences. You ready? You ready? I didn't get the loan to start my new business. You ready? I didn't get the loan to start my new business from that bank. I just want you to finish your sentences. I need you to finish your sentences so that when you recognize that sometimes when we put a period, God puts a comma because God has more. God has more. God has more. It's not over because God has more. It's not the end because God has more. It's not finished because God has more. Aren't you glad you didn't give up? Aren't you glad you didn't throw in the towel? Aren't you glad you got back up again? Aren't you glad you have a God? who specializes in turning around difficult situation. Aren't you glad you got a God who specializes in moving difficult people? Aren't you glad you have a God who wouldn't leave you, wouldn't forsake you, wouldn't give up on you? Aren't you glad that when everybody else saw your mess up and your mistake. God saw your future and your favor. Just say to yourself, I am favored. I am favored. I 
in favor. God didn't give up on you. So you don't get to give up on God. Oh, I know it's hard. But God is with you. And I don't know about you, but I'd have rather have it hard with God than have it easy by myself. Oh, come on. Stand on your feet all over the building. God wants us to remember that we have gotten over every challenge that has come our way. And if you got over that, you will get over this. Well, but this one is harder, Pastor Lakeisha. This one feels harder, Pastor Lakeisha. It is harder. You know why? Because every round goes higher, higher. And guess what you've got for hard? That you got over the last situation. And when you got over the last situation, you got a little more strength and a little more faith and a little more hope and a little more trust. And so guess what you're going to need for this situation? What you got from the last situation? A little more heart and a little more trust and a little more faith. Beloved, it's too late to give up now. God has brought us too far. I don't care what the courts say. God is with us. We got to keep fighting and keep pressing and keep pushing. God didn't say sit there and do nothing and let me do all the work. God says, I will do exceedingly and abundantly above all you can ask or think according to the power that is at work in you. So you got to use the power that you've been given to do the work that God has called you to do. And when you've done everything you can, trust in the God that delivered you the last time. That that same God who did it back then can do it again. Amen. Come on, give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Thank you for listening to the FCBC NYC podcast. We hope that what you heard was informative and inspiring and in some way created a space for you to have a creative encounter with God. You can follow us on social media and on the internet at fcbcnyc.org. Please follow and also contribute If you've been blessed by what you heard, support us financially that we may continue to offer these podcasts. Thank you again, and we look forward.